And we are back here once again with another episode of the Iron Man podcast, episode 107 with Mr. The Phoenix Rises, actually. And it's been an interesting day, people, because I literally woke up, did videos, took a nap, woke up again, and now we're here. It's kind of how my day off literally went, actually. I was thinking to myself, why don't I just go outside of my kitchen and just sit on my couch? But wait a minute. There's nothing out there in my kitchen except a couch and a kitchen and unopened books that I bought that I haven't got a chance to read yet. And then I was also thinking to myself, too, there are some days where I absorb so much information that I get like extremely lightheaded and I have I almost get a headache. So I got to just back away from a computer and go, OK, no more absorbing information. My brain is just a sponge right now. I need to go eat food, actually. But nice to meet you, man. How are you doing? Yeah, nice to meet you, too. Your brain's like. I'm sorry, Captain. She can't take it anymore. She can't take any more information, Captain. <laughs> and then I have a point where on live streams, even though I've basically absorbed every bit of information that I can about a topic in general, I'll go back and look through like a lot of stuff. I can't speak about everything because there's so much nuance. And like, if people forget nowadays, there's so much like sauce in a burrito that it makes getting to the actual meat and potatoes of it like pretty hard, actually. You know? <laughs> yeah, you got to really dig in there. So, uh, would tell the audience something that you would like them to know right at the gate, actually. All right. So, my name is Nick. I'm, I'm with, uh, obviously, the Phoenix Press. And uh, I'm most well-known for the comic turn samurai and the uh, the comic of the moment, uh, Screecher. I'm gearing up to be uh, launching Screecher number two this Friday. Going to be doing that live on uh my YouTube channel, so I'm just uh, making the rounds, talking to some amazingly cool people such as yourself, and just, you know, spread the good word. So, you actually know Jared, right? Oh, Jared, yes. well, I forget his name. Louise? Who's this guy's last name? But Comics League. Comics League. Yeah, yeah. Comics League. So, how did you beat Jared, actually? Uh, it's kind of an inter interesting story. I, uh, it's about a year, year and a half or so ago, I was gearing up to do uh, Turn Samurai 2, and I came on to his, his show, like, at one of his Indie Wednesday shows, uh, to talk about it, and, like, we were doing the stream, we were kind of talking, it's like, you know how when you're talking to someone, you'd be like, hey, we click together, you know, like, we kind of get that feeling, like, hey, we got a good banter here, that's a good thing, and, like, we kind of talked after the stream, and we agreed, like, hey, you know, we got to get back and forth, so we started kind of collabing more, and now I'm a full-on co-host of his channel, and I love that dude to pieces. Like he is, he is, he is a great dude, a great friend, and honestly, a great ally to have in your corner. Yeah, he's an awesome guy, and it, and it, he understands that like he can disagree with someone and it not affect literally anything. I, I wish there was more people like him out there. Where like, if unless you like, unless you had the wrong ship, in which case he is vicious. <laughs> I, I say that with hey. love. I say that with love. <laughs> like I always tell people, hey, you can vehemently disagree with someone on a lot of things but never let it actually affect your own personal friendship or potentially potential future friendships you might make because that would just burn so many random bridges that you don't want to be burning especially as a content creator because a lot of the stuff who forget i've been on, i've been doing this for a very very long time and i've seen a lot of things and one of the things that i always tell people is is doing this you don't want to ever forsake who you are like you don't want to just be fake because that's just bad but you mm -hmm. never want to like be someone that people can't be around because they know you're just a person that won't tolerate a different line of thinking, you know? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And, uh, Jared's done, like, honestly, he's kind of took me under his wing. He's been really 
good about kind of being like, hey, Nick, don't do this. Or like, hey, Nick, that you know, that, that tweet's not a good idea. And like, I may grumble a little bit, but I listen to him because I, I, I feel he knows best. Yeah. So how did you get into comic books, actually? Uh, I've always kind of been a fan of the medium ever, ever growing up. I first mm-hmm. kind of dabbled in it, like, shortly after I graduated from high mm-hmm. school in the late 2000s. So when I kind of first wrote, like, the first version of Turn Samurai background, I'd say 2005, 2006, I'm kind of dating myself right now. Uh, hooked up with a uh, independent company here in my state, w- was with them for about 10 years. Uh, then about 2019, I left that company, started my own, the Phoenix Press. And then that's kind of what's led me to where I am now. So looking back now, that's where you were. How much would you say you've learned, actually? A lot. I have learned <laughs> a lot. Um, I, I've learned a lot about like how to how to kind of conduct things, how to properly ship packages. Um, you know, like you said about how dealing with people, because like, trust me, when I was kind of like, starting out like in 2019 2020 where it was just me i made some mistakes i i, I genuinely made some mistakes you know um and I've, I've i was kind of forced to learn from them and thankfully i i believe i have you know and um i mean i'm still learning you know i mean everyone does but but yeah i think um looking back at what i thought when i was a bit more smaller and not a content creating person i was like man why is it all like this and in theory i think you only can apply that if like you had a mindset of not doing this i've always told people it's very and i don't ever knock the audience for this because you just won't know and it's not your fault but mm-hmm. you actually because you know people say why don't you implement this and why don't you do this and why don't you do that and why you because not everything can be can be implemented the way you think it can I also thought the same thing when I was a viewer. There are some things that obviously can. You can do certain things, but there's just things that are not going to be in your ballpark. Like, people talk as if, like, I don't know if you notice this. You know they have, like, one idea, but then they conflate two ideas in one, and then they get a broadened, shittier view of something? <laughs> it's probably yeah, the worst like, thing people do. <laughs> yeah, the thing that, that, that kind of frustrates me, and this is not necessarily to feel the creator, it's just, like, how fans interact with a property where it's like it's okay to like one thing, but it's not okay to like another. Like like uh like I, I saw this kind of a lot with like the both Starfield and like the recent Castlevania series, where it's like the people that liked it, you know, it's like it, it, the the idea that anyone not liking Starfield, anyone not liking the new Castlevania is testament to being an ista whatever. You know, they'll throw the regular names at you. I don't feel like repeating those names, you know, but whatever. And it's just like if you like it, cool. And if you don't like it, that's also cool. You know, personally, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll probably play Starfield when it's like twenty bucks on Steam. You know, three years from now, and I'll probably enjoy it. You know, I just don't really have any interest in. And as far as Castlevania, it's it's not what I want, but I that's I don't engage. So, because you said you have your own books now, and you're so starting with with the first one, because on your profile you have two thousand one hundred samurai, right? Mm-hmm. So. How did you get inspired to do that story? Uh, Torrent Samurai uh, was basically kind of born out of, like, my love for the Matrix and, like, Cyberpunk in general. Mm-hmm. And I kind of wanted to just kind of put all, like, my favorite things in, like, a blender and just kind of, like, use kind of what co- comes out. And uh, Torrent Samurai is kind of a tale of, like, an adaptation and just kind of going the flow. Like, when I was producing the initial version, 
it was originally meant to be uh, color, but then uh, the colorist I was with uh, ended up not working out. So I decided to go black and white. And then I realized, oh, wow, this kind of has like a little manga feel to it. So then, then I kind of leaned into like the manga direction for mm-hmm. Torrid Samurai. And that worked out really well. And just, it's just kind of an evolving process. Like I'm on, I've just finished issue three, Torrid Samurai earlier this year. I'll be starting on issue four later. Okay. So have you learned a good amount when doing these issues actually? Yeah, I've, I've said I've, I've learned a, a lot. I've learned a lot about like uh, how to deal with like coworkers properly because like I'm the leader of these these teams. Like I, you know, like I'm the one kind of yeah. directing things. Like I learned like how to talk to people, like mm-hmm. like how to kind of direct them in a way where it's like you be kind but firm. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. how you word things is very important. Like I remember I was doing a panel about this uh, like two weeks ago. It's like the difference between okay, I can do that, and screw you. Is literally can literally come down to like the, the the words you choose. Like if you choose less aggressive words, less mean words, or just fair words, people are more receptive to it. And you know, you can grumble or you can just deal with it. I just choose like, okay, it is what it is, and I deal with it. So with you, you know how like there are people that are artists, writers, the business side of it, because you you're you're the head person of it. So do you what specific job do you specialize in outside of this being the leader too? You know, some people are I'm both the, like an artist and a writer, but they have jobs that separate sometimes too. Yeah, I'm I'm the writer. That's that's my job. I'm the one who uh, writes mm-hmm. strips and and then obviously the team lead as well. Okay, so you know, people have been bringing up a lot of things on Twitter about like writing and Iron Age and all that stuff. What do you think is a one of some of your biggest factors as to why people can't improve? Uh, I think. Um, it's, it's it, I think it kind of comes down to humility because um, to improve, to be able to improve in the first place is to admit you're wrong or it, to admit like you're right. not perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm not perfect. Wait, what? That, no way. That's not true. No way. <laughs> well, okay. This is how I, I like to view myself. All right. I'm hot I, stuff. I, I, I'm hot crap, but mm-hmm. my crap stinks. You know, yeah. like, if you, you can kind of get that dichotomy, it's like, I try mm-hmm. to be both confident yet humble. Like, yeah, I'm cool, but like, I'm not perfect. You know, like it's, mm-hmm. it's like kind of that like balanced type rope you got to walk, which is mm-hmm. a very fine line, by the way. Right. Um, and I think that's kind of the problem where like you either got like the arrogance of oh I'm good enough, or the or just the crippling depression of I'm not good enough. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's really hard for a person to kind of get it in the headspace of. Yes, I'm talented, but also I can improve because it's kind of mm-hmm. it's a, it's a really it's a really weird it's a, the hard space has basically get it at least at first. Yeah, I also see the same thing. It's like egos are like through the roof most of the time, you know. Yeah. And I have a pretty decent sized ego myself, but I never let it get to a point where, like, if I generally don't know something, I'm gonna go seek out the information and understand potentially that I don't understand it to try and get myself to understand it. You know, a lot of people yeah, think the, just because I'm space, writing this. Oh, yeah, what? Sorry. That's okay. I said in this, in this space, you kind of do need to have an ego, like to be, to be oh, kind of yeah, blunt. Yeah. Like you do mm-hmm. need to have a bit of an ego. You do need to have a confidence because mm-hmm. there's so many people in the space and we are all trying to do the same thing. So like, like you got to believe that like, it's, it's like, uh, like with top gun where it's like, you got to believe you're the best or else you're the worst. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you got you got to believe if you don't believe in yourself, 
what what makes you think other people believe in you to begin with? No, yeah, I've got that same sentiment too. Like, if you don't even have confidence in your own work, I'm not supporting that shit. Oh yeah, there's no reason for me to. Because if you don't even support your own work, how do you expect to get backers on an indie in any indie go campaign or a Kickstarter campaign? You know, and it's a, it is it's surprising just how prevalent that like this mindset of of I'm not a fan of it like. Like, uh, I got into an argument with, like, literally the head producer of Power Rangers, Simon Bennett, on Twitter uh, a few days ago, where like, he came out and said, I'm not a fan of Power Rangers. And I was like, why are you show running it then? You know, like, because, like, in my Oh, opinion, I know what I'm talking about. There was the one where he was comparing it to, like, the Super Sentai and all that shit. Yeah, like, he was said, it? like, the, he says, oh, Power Rangers needs to, like, move away from the Tugasas. Like, that's the whole reason people watch the show. Like, you know. That's the only reason why we had the footage of the best stuff from the shows themselves. But what I understand with people nowadays is that those kind of takes, I think there's a place for them, but the way these people always word them is so bad. And you're like, it, like you said earlier, the way you word something could be the difference maker and how people interact with it. Because if it's worded as if like, we shouldn't just solely rely on that. We should have our own means. That That is a, an approach where we we'll go, and, okay, and, let's let's kind of explore that here, a little bit more. And, and here's the thing. Like if you're talking about original footage, Powers have been doing original footage for a very yeah, long is. time. Like as early as season two, Power Rangers. Um, so like like Power like Power Rangers has has been perfectly capable of doing like honestly some of the best seasons are the ones where they adapt the Sentai least like Time Force, you know, or or, or stuff the like Titanium Ranger, all made from America. You know, Brian mm -hmm. from Lightsey Rescue, his suit was all made from America. Jungle, it, it, Jungle yeah. Fury, Jungle Fury, you know? yes, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's one, of those, it's one of those things where I think people need to understand that if these people that say these things, their arguments are not inherently bad because it's their opinion. It's more like just the way they're saying them as if like there's some more sort of, sort of like entitlement. Like, well, we don't need those people. It's like, well, yes, you do, because you're utilizing their property. That's so that's already put you in like a that's kind of disrespectful. You know, you want to kind of have their property, but not respect their yeah. work that goes into having the property itself it's again really weird we're seeing we're seeing this all all across where it's like like oh last of us adaptation where it's like oh mm -hmm. we forbade them from playing the games or or like <laughs> or like the castle like i bring this back to castlevania where it's like they're they're not using these properties for the they just want it for the name recognition and they change it and then when people get mad they call names it, i'm just it's just Sorry. Yeah, it happened with um. Uh, no, you're fine. Uh, Jared brought this up yesterday when I had him on with uh Tom King's Wonder Woman, issue number one that came out. And the thing here, I saw a few panels of it. I'm not saying I should read the book because I, I probably wouldn't really be interested in buying Wonder Woman books themselves. I've mm -hmm. just never found her a character that I would want to buy material for. But what I've seen of Tom King's work is like, because I know Jared, he mentioned that it's kind of heavy handed on like the the woman better than men. So I was like. And then if you say you don't like that stuff, then people call you the problem. It's like, but I'm spending my hard-earned money on this. How am I the problem? Like, if no one's spending their money on this stuff, then you have no business or industry. People are lucky comic books have survived this long is because the model's always been really bad. Over the fact that when they're watching this, the comic books were selling for five cents at one point. Five cents, okay? And people have to eat off this stuff. Five cents for well, a Well, to be <laughs> fair, um, that was, like, in, like, the 30s and the 20s. Like yeah. comic books, were, like you gotta remember, comic books were like a dime in the fifties and like even the sixties oh, yeah. they started to go up. Yeah. Um, and the seventies when they really started to go up. So mm -hmm. like you got to kind of take that into account. So like oh yeah, a dime, a dime yeah. is, is now. But like 
the average price of a comic now is like four or five bucks. I mean, sometimes they can go up upwards of seven. Well, I yeah, you're I right. I personally yeah. feel a comic yeah. should not cost more than five bucks. Honestly, if I could, I would sell my comics for three dollars. If I could, if the mm-hmm. printing was there, if the economics were there. Like I sell for five, I would. I don't like that, but I I have no choice because it's just the economy, the economics of it. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you're right. You're so sad. I still buy. I also feel this. I don't mind supporting an indie person. I don't mind supporting like the mainstream stuff that I've always been for characters that I've, I've known and loved for many years. And also, I'm not gonna like all the directions that they take. I mean, literally today, I bought the newest Shazam issue number four book that came out. Right, and that's like seven, six dollars there. I mean, books now because people people are right about it. They, they do cost five dollars, and but there are some cases where some of these books are going like eight ninety nine. Some of those DC Black Label books that I bought are like nine ninety nine. Obviously, it's like sixty four pages, but they, they they've added in more pages. But if the story is not as good, more pages doesn't even matter at that point. They're thinking like, oh well, comic fans were complaining that there's not enough pages, so they give them more pages, but the story's not as good, and it's like. That makes it even worse. More pages, shittier story. Yeah, yeah. More money. Yeah, just because you added 30 pages of Batman farting does not make it a better book. <laughs> oh god, don't don't put that on Tumblr because that place would love that actually. <laughs> then oh, um, trust 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 uh, Tumblr. You'll never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. I would and people always say Twitter's bad, but Tumblr and Reddit might be the well here's the problem. Here's the problem. So Tumblr used to be kind of a containment facility for all the crazies, but like mm. after after um, Tumblr banned porn, a lot of the artists kind of filtered to Twitter and Reddit, yeah. and that's when Twitter really got bad when all the Tumblr refugees came in. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember like people mentioning that uh, the, the books are doing this, this, and this, and that, and the third, but why don't people want inherently? I, I understand the idea from a consumer not to support someone like not mainstream because it's it's like people function i i do this my i do this myself too sometimes when something is not established people kind of find that it's more like a in their mind it's kind of like maybe a scam or they, they don't want to feel like they can put their money into it because they may have been burned by something similar so like the mainstream has it to a point where you can just click on something and you just get your stuff they shipping confirmation all that stuff because there's just such a designed way they have it where they take all it. They, they take. They take care of all that stuff for you. With someone like you, that's not like going to be the case, though. You're going to have to go through the entire process yourself. Well, actually, the thing is, you can observe this kind of psychological effect all over the place. Like, how many times you've been on a Discord where it's like it's just you and the voice channel, and all of a sudden another person kind of comes in randomly. You start mm-hmm. talking, and then like five minutes later, everyone is piling in. You know, oh, yeah. it's like they're mm-hmm. just waiting for like more than one person to be there. Like yeah. we see this all the time, and that's what I, what I feel it's like with the indie versus uh, indie versus mainstream. Because like everyone knows mm-hmm. Batman, not enough people know Screecher yet. Yeah, right. And uh, people have brought up marketing too, but people have, marketing does not work in the way it's like I market this and everyone's gonna know about it. That's just not how that works in general. Mm-hmm. You know, unless you're doing. I don't know if you go to cons. So just like smaller cons, people go to. There's cons you can go to, but even that is like, yeah. are people really going to cons like that? Like, like they used to some, some cons pop out very hard. Some people have, some cons have great attendance or like, well, you like going to like supermarkets, like Walmart sitting outside and selling your book. I mean, that could work too, but I mean, how much I is have, that really going to draw? You know? I mean, as I can speak to the con side of things, cause like mm-hmm. I do cons uh, regularly, like I'm actually going to be doing one, the, a smaller one this weekend. And they, they, I find that they, they're, they are regularly well attended, and I do sell my comic books well at these, at these events, mm-hmm. um, you know, relatively to my size. 
but mm-hmm. I usually do well. I, I make table and make a good profit. And uh, yeah, it helps pay for the production of my books. Yeah. So what else do you think is lacking from this side of like the Iron Age that everyone's been calling it? Like how I went from bronze to silver to iron. That's crazy. And it wasn't from mainstream stuff. It's because people were like, fuck all that. We're just going to just do it myself. Was that that on me? I'll do it myself. <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, I mean, that's, it, that's, the, that's the Iron Age ethos is F all y'all. I'll do it myself, you know. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's kind of just getting over a stigma. Really, um, because mm-hmm. uh, there's lots of people in in what in all these like different types of indie spaces. Mm-hmm. Uh, factionalism is a problem, you know, like faction with factions and people just kind of beefing. I, I know there is kind of like this big thing on Twitter, like why can't we all just get along? I I found that to be a little, little. Famous. Yeah, it's the same approach that liberals have. It's like I'll just do better. I I hate that. I hate when people say that because that's literally n- not how things function. Yes, in theory, doing better is everyone could do better, but just. Broadly saying that, as if like people aren't actively doing better, is the most disingenuous thing ever. And and, and the thing is, we, are, we we literally are in a space where competition is mandatory. We're all trying to get our books to the roughly the same amount of people. So conflict is the the, the only thing we can do is minimize these blows. Mm-hmm. Minimize that is the best thing we can do. Like we're not we're we're not going to stand up. There's going to be people who have beefs. It's going to be people who have conflicts. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we're in an industry where egos run high, blood runs hot, and, and people are all, and the system is literally incentivizing us to compete. Not, not necessarily dominate, not necessarily crush, but we are still competing. I think people forget I, some conflict is inherently good because mm-hmm. if you didn't have inherent, well, back in the day with America's conflict was very bad, but I guess the idea is like having conflict can lead to better solutions where it's like if there's no conflict at all, and everyone's gonna start sniffing their own farts, like you mentioned earlier. A good you know? rival is literally the best thing that can ever happen just to a person, because a good mm-hmm. rival will push you way farther than you would have ever gone before to better yourself. A good, a good rival will push you, like to mm-hmm. do things you never thought you would do. In fact, you probably never would have done in order to beat your rival. And 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 a good rival when it's it, when when it's it is almost never nearly in its perfect condition but when it is it is a very positive thing yeah it's it's crazy how people will mention that goku and vegeta and people like yugi and Sato kaiba before forgetting what really drove those characters to always stay on their toes and get better was because they were inherently yeah like there was an inherent mutual respect there and a rivalry there that constantly kept the characters pushing themselves you know it feels like people kind of want to be like best friends with people but also be their rival but also not understanding there's two different dynamics within that itself. You know, you could be friendly with someone and be their friend, but you could also be their rival in competition. That's just how life has always functioned. I don't get why this is so different of a concept to understand for people, you know, it doesn't be bad. The thing is, like like you said before, it it could be good. It doesn't have to be this like bitter hatred thing. It could just be a generally a healthy, fun thing to have this happen. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just like I don't know. Um, I I kind of stopped because like I I honestly I just try and focus on my own stuff and like mm-hmm. my own kind of circle because there's way too much stuff going on that like doesn't really have anything to do with me. And like honestly, even mm-hmm. if I did get involved, it probably would have just ruined me anyway. So <laughs> you know, yeah. For me, I try to you know mold. I I don't really even 
go into like drama stuff. I always found drama content to be like, I don't know, just I'm a person that would watch it, but I would have, have to tell myself this is not something that I'm ever putting on here. Because like, the thing is, let's say you're having a stream, you know, people have those streams where they're just going back and forth with each other. I don't even think those are relatively good podcasts to do. They're not productive. Like, they're, they're, it's, mm-hmm. it's the equivalent of uh, watching Jerry Springer. Really, that, yeah, that's, that was, that's yeah. it's, it's, a, a, it's a smaller scale equivalent. You know, like the, the drama streams or like the people who talk about the drama. I find it to be incredibly unproductive. I find it to be honestly a bit toxic and just like I've 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 been kind of the victim of some of those drama people where they try to do a gotcha and I just I don't I don't bite and it's just it's just I don't want to be a part of it. I just want to make cool comics, share it with people and just talk cool stuff. That's all yeah. Yeah. For me, I think um I think what also in lines with people is think people need to understand that you could also like something but be very harsh on it too because you've loved it so long like yeah i'm harsh on movies and tv and anime and streaming and all that because i we're invested into that stuff we're we're constantly watching this stuff we're constantly reviewing it so if i get a bad product i'm gonna voice that i think i got a bad product now someone voices a completely different point of view that's fine but i don't i hate it where it's like it's kind of villainized if you didn't like something because someone else did, you know? That's such, that's such a weird ask because there's no dichotomy there. It's just basically, oh, you're just expected to like this because it's just this. And it's like, that's not how that works at all. Because that would just mean you're a drone. I don't want to be some sort of drone NPC that just downloads and just goes, you know? Not not me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like a follow, like, like kind of car gets back to the follower and leader mentality. You know, it's like, so, like there's so many people who think they're leaders, but they're re- really not. Like, I always said there's three types of people in this world. Um, followers, leaders, and people who can be both, you know. Um, and there's nothing wrong with either, with uh, any of those. It's just people just kind of misplace who they think they are, you know. So what what else have you seen from the indie scene that that's potentially needs? Do you think there's, there's a marketing angle that needs to happen? Well, uh Obviously, the general knowledge of marketing is rather lacking, and I, I myself am part of that pool. Like, I will be mm-hmm. the first to admit that, like, marketing is not something that I will right. say I'm, I'm particularly good at. I've gotten better at it. So mm-hmm. when I when I when I say like people need to get better at marketing, I am criticizing myself just as much as everyone else. <laughs> in that statement. So. Oh God, and I know you're also on a uh, YouTube as well, right? Yes. Okay. So what made you want to be on YouTube, actually? Who initially got you interested in doing it? (laughs) Well, um, again, uh, the credit there goes to Jerry, because, like, I've had a, like, I had the Phoenix Press YouTube for some time, and I mostly just used it to, like, drop trailers or, like, any random kind of thing. Uh, But Jared was really the kind of the one who really pushed me to make it a thing, because, like, People kept telling me, like, oh, you need your own YouTube. You need to be able to your own platform. And I mm-hmm. admittedly resisted uh, for some <laughs> time because, like, my thing is, like, I'm a comic creator. I'm a YouTuber. I don't want to be <laughs> doing, you know, all the stupid excuses, you know. Yeah. And, um, you know, so I'm making a go at it. I've got over 400 subscribers. I get, a, I get some decent views on my stuff. And, honestly, a lot of that credit I do lay at Jared's feet for – uh, kind of pushing me in certain places, pushing me to go places, helping me kind of correct my stuff. Without him, I don't think I would be nearly as successful. So I, I do give a lot of that credit to him. Yeah, because you guys, uh, there's a few shows you had recently 
where you're uh, going over uh, can Batman beat anyone with prep time? At all. Oh those, yeah, that was uh, those, those, those conversations was, always go crazy. <laughs> yeah, that was the last episode of uh, Comics Watch we did. It's a show we recently uh, started because, like, I did have the show called Super Slit Screen Bros, which was originally supposed to be a uh, mm-hmm. uh, a video game show, but that kind of morphed into just a general stuff. Then, because like I had my 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 stream on Friday, Friday Night Frenzy. Yeah. Uh, and like the topics were kind of cannibalizing from each other, so it just made more sense to cancel SSB and then just relaunch Comics Watches, you know. And it's been working out good so far. I think I made the right call. Uh, yeah, with the whole Batman thing throughout the years, I remember getting to these back and forth heated arguments with people, and you could just tell the people that don't know what they're talking about are just a bunch of comic tourists who probably just hear about feet but never actually know what produces into said feet you know that's the real yeah. crux of the whole thing yeah because like my thing is like i love batman you know i'm a huge mm-hmm. fan of batman so this comes from a place of love and the thing that kind of annoys me about, about a certain segment of batman fans like the batman could be anyone with prep time i find that to be very annoying because mm-hmm. the whole thing about batman is he's a man he can be bruised but so when he does like punch above his weight, and like, you know, like the like the Superman Batman Apocalypse moment where he gets Dark Side to back down. That is a quintessential Batman moment, you know, when he mm-hmm. activates the Hell Spores. Like that's my favorite mm-hmm. Batman moment because Batman is using both his wits and his just willpower to just yeah. convince Dark Side. That is part like that's great. You know, he got literally a man who could kill Superman to back down. Like that. That's what I love. That's about the thing Batman. that people. That's the thing that people don't understand is winning doesn't – this is something that they, they have a credit for with arguing with that is you don't always have to win by beating someone up. I don't know where people got that from. You can win by your mind. That's how you can actually beat someone, you know? But I think they go a little too far with it. So, like, if I throw out, hey, Batman has literally nothing against Vibranium. So if he fought Black Panther, there's – I'm just being honest with you, Black Panther probably just wins that outright. How does he take down his suit? Does I know? Is he anything in his gadget that can take out vibranium? Actually, like, like, like I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of this photo over like martial arts wise, they're about equal. Maybe oh, yeah. you want to give, like, maybe you want to give Batman the advantage in terms of martial arts. Maybe, mm-hmm. but let's, like you said, the suit, Batman, like, I, unless, like, like you can make the argument that maybe nth metal is like equivalent to vibranium or whatever. Yeah. So like maybe he has like an nth metal suit or something. Like okay. But, th- but see, that's the thing. There's two types of Batman fights. There's with prep time and without prep time. Okay. Yeah. So, with prep time, you could maybe make the argument that, like, he gets, like, a, some sort of equivalent DC metal, like Nth metal or whatever. Mm-hmm. Apocalyptian steel or something. Like, mm-hmm. whatever. Then, 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 okay, maybe. But, like... But but without prep time, there's there's no hate. I just think people put him against characters that he really realistically shouldn't be going against. Like I think him fighting like Daredevil, uh, Captain America, Deathstroke, those are like characters on his level that he can fight. Captain America, that's a pretty interesting one though. Captain America is a pretty strong individual character. Well, well, let's do the let's do the Daredevil one because I think the Daredevil one is a perfect example of how Mm -hmm. Batman beats people without prep time. Because Batman obviously is situational awareness, and Batman would suss out. That Daredevil is weak against Sonic attacks. Like he would, we mm-hmm. discuss that, and and it's it's pretty easy argument to make that like Batman probably has like Sonic grenades or something. No, the so one he like, used in a Dark Knight Returns, the one that actually made Superman go, "What the fuck is this?" That 
for that sound wave device he had actually made his ears bleed. I was like, what the hell? That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's a pretty a pretty easy argument that he has some sort of sonic device that could mm -hmm. paralyze Daredevil. So like that's right. Batman thinking on his feet, you mm -hmm. know. But like I don't know. One person I think Bat see, and then like uh, or like Luke Cage, where Batman would find out that Luke Cage he oh he's breathing, so he'd throw like a like a tear gas grenade or something, you know. Yeah. So like it's weird because people will go like um. Like it's the one that the Batman fans have a bad too, but it's the One Punch Man fans that have bad. One Punch Man can beat anyone. Then you always just say it Doomsday. They're like he can just beat Doomsday. Yeah, but this I can tell I know to know what the fuck they're talking about because Doomsday cannot be killed by the same means he was killed before. So Saitama punched him. He's gonna just come back and he couldn't be killed by that again. That's literally how this character functions in most continuities. I don't know how Saitama beats him after that because you can't be killed by a punch anymore. <laughs> That's why Doomsday is a very dangerous villain, actually. You know, it's people, yeah. it's people who just act like tourists the whole time while not understanding a feat in itself. People always bring up that Batman dodged the dark side laser beams in the Just League anime series, not realizing that that never happened in actual continuity. He, that, oh, that never happened also, in general. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if you want to talk about, like, the ultimate tourist argument, like the Superman versus Goku argument. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> by the way, Super, Superman Prime. Uh, end of story. Like, you know. I, dude, we had this conversation on, on my other Nightwing podcast where that one got dissolved technically from my other YouTube channel getting, you know, hate speech, YouTube bullshit. Uh, I think Superman just kind of wins in general. Because I don't well, think... I, I agree yes. with what Death Battle said. Because Death Battle did this twice. Like, they did the original one. Everyone got pissed off. Well, the Goku fans did anyway. And so they did a rematch. But they ultimately, their ultimate conclusion was this. Mm -hmm. Goku is a character that is designed to break limits. What can he do against a character who literally has no? Well, there's another thing that Goku fans don't understand. Goku literally himself can tire out. I'm mean, obviously seen Dragon Ball. You seen Dragon Ball Super, right? So even in I'm not fighting... much of a Dragon Ball fan myself, so I can't recommend that. Oh no, 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 it's just um Goku himself is still mortal. But he's also an alien. He himself can tire out. He can get tired. Superman really can't get tired actually he has like or the, or the no, very least his endurance threshold is probably a lot higher than goku yeah yeah and i think people can understand goku himself can tire out and goku himself has points where his power just gives out because he's just exerted too much energy superman can never be in that position given his structure as a character superman can't ever tire out he can't ever be like less on power because he's constantly being powered by the sun the only time that would ever happen is obviously it's nighttime because with nighttime there's not much sunlight so well, he's a little bit more well, weaker to be than fair, nighttime. To be fair, um, <laughs> in a drawn-out fight with like an equally powerful pony, he does die because he did die in Death of Superman. I That's mean, true, yeah. heal, healing coma be bullshit, but like he <laughs> essentially was killed. Um, right. So, I and I, I I think it's safe to say like a punch from like Doomsday and Goku are probably equivalent. They're like, probably the same. Even, yeah, or maybe Goku punches harder. Like we can we can probably say that like that's a fair argument to make. <laughs> so like. Also, I think Goku wouldn't understand his connection to the sun. By the time Goku would figure that out, he, he'd already be so tired out from using so much power against him. I think Superman just kind of just wins in most scenarios. But what about the argument that, like, Goku wants to fight the character the strongest? Like, that's why Goku would never allow Kirk oh, to be yeah. part of the fight. He would never allow it. Yeah. And, like, if, if people were talking about a rematch, I think if he got a huge Zenkai boost from fighting Superman, I think then we're they're talking about, about some pretty strong epic battle he could probably give him there. But if he can be an ultra instinct and it still just give out imagine he's fighting superman he's also his altering form just gives oh, out he, 
Speaking of, of uh, Alter Instinct, I know one yes. character that can beat uh, Superman. <laughs> Shaggy. SpongeBob? Oh, that's what I say. SpongeBob. I mean, Shaggy <laughs> would only have to use point. Shaggy would only have to use 0.5% of his power to do so. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love that meme so much. I like the SpongeBob ones. The SpongeBob beat up Goku and everyone just got so mad. It's like, bro, this is such. You know, they tell you're, you're too much not touching grass if you can't even see a joke like that from people. But, you know, for me, that that's always the, weird, the weirdest one. Because, like, I think Batman is underrated and overrated in many aspects given his feet. But people don't understand if you're finding, like, intergalactic people realistically dark side kind of just one shot to him if he really wants remember the justly war movie when all the other gang up on dark side to poke at his eyes dark side in the movie he punched batman in his chest and batman just lived and i'm sitting there going like damn and you'll be punching pretty hard there how did he yeah. do that blows my mind go back and watch the scene when they're fighting dark side and taking his eyes out so he punched the in his chest and it's like how is he not dead what <laughs> that's crazy actually but that's why i love comic books that's why i love the stuff because you can get crazy you know feats like that and it makes it all pretty interesting but i do want to ask you this which was how do you feel about uh i don't know if you're a star wars fan how do you feel about star wars currently <sighs> i i i i've i've gone past the hate i i just don't care anymore like i you know i still have a love for star wars but new stuff it's just like ahsoka's out and uh, i know there's stuff that people are getting mad about i'm just like i just don't even have the heart to care anymore like that's the same i, I think my I last bl- yeah. my last blast was mandalorian season three um and i and that just really kind of just ticked me off where it's like it slowly turned into bo katan show you know, oh, like, yeah. and, and they're in the whole like, oh, uh, Din isn't the Mandalorian anymore. It's like, and I said this, I said this before, season three. If they literally would have called it Bo-Katan, I would have had no problem with it. I would even like, I probably would have liked it. But the mm-hmm. problem is, they called the Mandalorian, and the Mandalorian is Din, and to a lesser extent, Grogu. That that is the show. They're literally trying to turn it into an entirely, literally, Bo-Katan hijacked the show. And I like right. Bo-Katan. I like Katie Sackhoff. I like Bo- Katie Sackhoff as Bo-Katan. Like, I like her character. And I like her storyline. You know, it's just, this isn't what the Mandalorian. This is Bo-Katan. And it just, it kind of just ticked me off mm-hmm. how it just, they hijacked the show. And, and I, that that was kind of like the last draw for me. And from there, I'm like, the thing is, I was never really much of a Rebels guy. Like, I watched early seasons of Rebels. It was fine. They really mm-hmm. watched Clone Wars, so I don't have that childhood attachment to Clone Wars and Ahsoka. Um, mm-hmm. And so, like, I have no, I had no interest in Ahsoka. You know, like it was, it's basically Rebel season, whatever. So, like, I don't know. Yeah, for me, this Obi Wan Kenobi was kind of like the last draw. I was like, this is so that. Tragic. Yeah, that was so like, I, I, I Boba Fett was bad. I mean, like the part where Mandalorian season two point five was actually pretty good. Yeah, I watched like, like basically what it was was like around episode three or four of, mm-hmm. of Boba Fett. I kind of stopped, and then I went back and I rewatched the the end of it with like the Mandalorian portion, which I actually legitimately liked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's crazy how Disney treated his character too. They literally sacked the main character of a show to give you the other character, another one that was really popular. Just to have Boba Fett cameo in his own show. How do you cameo in your own show? Like that is 
it's just all types of fuck up. The show is no, no, the fact, bad, the, fact the fact that literally the show became the Mandalorian for like a couple <laughs> of episodes, and that was what got people talking. Like <sighs> that, like, that was extreme. Yeah, man, I just I couldn't do it after Boba Fett and Obi Wan back to back, and I was like, if you can't even get Obi Wan Kenobi to be a good show, it's like. I'm done. Fuck this. Maybe I'll come back. And they the got future. and Maybe they got back Ewan McGregor. Like the thing is, the thing is, they they keep bringing back Hayden Christensen. It's like he's dangling. Like like, hey, look, 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 Hayden Christensen's here. Look, Hayden Christensen's here. You can come on, come on, come on, dance, monkey, dance. Like it just, it just, I, I like. Okay, they brought back Hayden Christensen again. Like I'm glad the guy's getting work. I'm glad the guy's getting respect as, as Darth Vader. That is cool, but like. Mm-hmm. What other properties are you a fan of? Are you a fan of like horror, sci-fi, fantasy? I mentioned before, Power Rangers certainly uh, a fan Power of Rangers, that I can Did you watch Cosmic Theory? I haven't watched it yet. I need to get to watching it. No, um, I've been waiting for it to show up on the high seas and it has, I haven't oh, yeah. been able to come across it. So, <laughs> um, I don't know. I haven't been watching a lot of the re- regular seasons. I, I kind of dipped down. I watched Once and Always. That was actually really good. Mm-hmm. Um the only reason I've been kind of even into Cosmic Fury really is because Billy's back. Because Billy's my boy. He's my he's my mm-hmm. favorite. Um, uh, one second. I'm gonna go go grab grab uh, two things. Just kind of talk. So we're partnered with it. Okay, no worries. And as I mentioned before to uh, everyone, that we are currently going to be uh, doing uh, movie projects on the channel as well. Uh, we'll be diving into other movie series. Uh, TV series, anime, whole bunch of stuff coming up for everyone who is going to be uh, watching the channel, actually. How, how did you feel about Jason David Frank passing away? It was sad, especially when you when you hear about the details. I wasn't really much of a David Jason Frank fan myself. I met him at a convention. He was cool. Mm-hmm. I respected him, and I was sad mm-hmm. about his passing, especially, like, Mm-hmm. Kind of how we got screwed over by everyone, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you've heard the stories. Yeah, I wish I wish it could have been better. I feel bad for him and his family. <sighs> no. Yeah, it's one of those things where you look. Kevin Conroy passed away. Uh, the person who voiced Harley Quinn is gone. I mean, the person who created Yu-Gi-Oh is now dead too. That's crazy. Ugh. All these people just passing away. Kevin Conroy, Jason David Frank, you know, uh, freaking Kazuki Takahashi. Imagine well, you the day know, where you, you yeah, want to know how much of you want to know how much of a Power Ranger fan I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, this is the Legacy Morpher. It's like the the one they originally sold for like seventy bucks. Oh my god! I I need to get more Power Ranger merch. Um, for me, I've been getting the new Power Ranger comic book series. I have a few other books. Oh, that those, are, those the, yeah, those are really good. When Kyle Higgins was doing them, now I don't know about them. There's a new Master Vile event that they have going on. It's going to be a 12-month issue with it with Master Vile taking over or some shit. So what I learned about the Power Rangers universe encompasses – people think Marvel and DC is a convoluted universe. Oh, my goodness. Try diving into that. Your head will actually just literally explode from absorbing well, information. Yeah, there's a lot with it. Because like, you got to realize, each season is it, really its own show in regards. So, so you got like – 20, 30 different series with their own lore, their own characters, their own backstory, their own particular things. And, you know, I mean, as far as, like, the first 20, 25 years of Power Rangers, I'm pretty well knowledgeable. I've probably got a pretty good handle on it. But, yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, even from uh, just Power Rangers and 
comic books surrounding it. What I, oh God. So, you know, everyone always talks about, like, they always reboot back to, like, the Mighty Morphin era. Even in the comic books, they did that. So, well, see, the thing is, there's three types of Power Ranger fans out there. Yes. Right? And mm -hmm. you have the Power Ranger fans who like the entire franchise. You have the Mighty Morphin fans who yeah, just speak. Mighty Morphin fans. Yeah. That. Oh yes, like that, that. That and that is probably most of the casual Power Ranger fans, where it's like, oh, I watched Power Rangers as a kid, or Power Rangers the only season that matters. Blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. And then you have the JDF fans who yeah. are specifically fans of JDF Green Ranger. Oh, yeah, um, they, and then you have the fans that stuck with the series throughout the years and don't see Mighty Morphin as the best one, and then that always triggers the that always triggers the Mighty Morphin fans. I, I always tell people I I have Mighty Morphin. Um, the the, the best season of, the the best season of Power Rangers is Time Force, and that that is the fact. Time Force is my number third because my favorite my my my, my favorite two over it. I don't think they're all, yeah, these are like all naked. These are all like great seasons in general. Uh Lost Galaxy. And I mm -hmm. think in space, Lost Galaxy and Space are my top two. But Lost Galaxy and Time Force always interchange because Time Force is so good. Time Force literally is just that's like peak Power Rangers right there. So talking you know? about some of my favorites. So there is uh Power Rangers uh Time Force. Right. And then mm -hmm. right below that is Dino Thunder, which I actually legitimately think Dino, Dino Thunder. Really I think Dino Thunder is better than Mighty Morphin. That is a that's hot, a hot take. That is a hot take. Okay. But the reason I, I say I that is it. they handled a lot of the storylines better. Like, for example, the evil Power Ranger. I actually think, like, the Trent storyline is a lot better with Green Evil because Green Evil is five episodes. Trent's episode, whole arc is literally half the season. So they give it, like, 10 episodes, 20 episodes to play out. And it and it just plays out really, really well. And they hit up, and, and, like, the whole mm -hmm. Kira and Trent dynamic, it feels a lot more natural because. Kimberly liking Tommy and that it kind of feels a little forced. Agree with you. Whereas Kira and Trent, like they even do the similar season where like Trent meets up with Kira and he reveals that he's a White Ranger by turning his wrist. Yeah, I remember that. Like that's mm -hmm. basically the same as like Tommy. I know you're the Green Ranger. It's like they're doing those same similar scenes. I feel like that scene like worked out so much better, you know. And like the, you actually get time to care about Trent or like for the characters to care about Trent. So like you get more of a like. Because literally, Tommy just showed up a few days ago and started becoming evil. Like, he had no time to, like, really ingratiate himself. Whereas Trent, you know, he had more time to, to put himself in and whatnot. So you, there's more yeah. more, like, you care about the characters and whatnot. And, uh, and I will say, Tommy having been the Green Ranger and him saying, hey, you guys should hold off. Like, don't try and destroy him. That adds so much to the story. Like, this is where, like, Tommy's past with Mighty Morphin elevates Dino Thunder. Right, right. I think another great season, well, I think we did a, we did what Jared actually, this is another special Iron Pockets I want to do eventually where everyone's going to their, their, their like their top tens. Actually, if you ever free, we should probably set it up where people just go over their top 10 pounders list because I have, just like you, Mighty Morphin's not my absolute favorite, but it's in my top 10 only for the first season. I feel like each season of Mighty Morphin gets worse. I feel like season two and season three are, are massive downgrades compared to the first season. The first season is one you mentioned before is the only one people mention. Season one is really good, but season two is not really good. Season three is ugh, with the ninjas and the, well, the birds the and ninja the, prob the problem with season two is it's straddled between two different, two or three different rocks. The problem with it is that mm -hmm. it has to account 
for the main three leaving, so it has to shoot around that. Right. But also yeah. the fact that they went to Australia to shoot the movie. So, like, they had to shoot around that. So, like, there was a lot of things going on in that season. Right, yeah. And then with season three, they had to deal with Kimberly leaving. They had to set up Zeo, you know, because, like, you know, setting up the Zeo. The alien ranger element for a bit there. Yeah, remember that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was kind of a transition thing. But, like, yeah, so, so you know, plus, like, with seasons two or three, like, because you got to remember, by the time of season three, they were mixing in three different Sentai seasons. Because, like, because remember, great, like, like, the Mighty Morphin suits are from Zoo Ranger. The White Ranger mm-hmm. is from Die Ranger. Yes. And um, the Alien Rangers are actually the, the Kaku Rangers. There's actually the ones who have the Ninja Zords. Um, and, like, Ninjor is, is, from, is from that. So, like, you know, like let's let's say you have a season three shot where it's like the White Ranger, the Mighty Morphin, and the and and like Ninjor. That's three different seasons mixed in together. So it's like you got to write all around that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think the original problem with Mighty Morphin is the way they treated the Green Ranger Tommy. Not like an, as an actor. You know, he was they had all their problems with Saban. The way they, I don't get why his character had to have it where his powers were draining, or they had to. They always felt like they had to take it away from him. I thought that was just a well, bad approach. Um, that was part of because of the the Sentai, because in the Sentai Z Ranger, uh, his name was Birai, the Dragon Ranger. He actually mm-hmm. died in that season, so like they had. Oh, they that had was their way of, of like killing him off, technically. Yeah, the green candle and whatnot, yeah. and so and so like they kind of just ran out ran out of. Green Ranger footage, so that's that's why, like you can always tell when they're using original footage when when Tommy has like that really crappy shield, okay. um, <laughs> like that's why they brought in the White Ranger so they could use more footage. Oh yeah, yeah, and I think that was my biggest issue with it because overall season one is 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 the best season by far. I think season two. Mm-hmm. Had the power transfer. I think season two starts fine with Zed, where Lord Zed comes and takes over. And he's like the new head honcho. I think it starts strong, but it just gets progressively worse. And I just never well, was a fan of season here's three. Pro- here's the problem with Zed: is Zed came in and he was all alone. The problem is he had a lot of parents complain that he was really um, like scary and whatnot. That's why they brought back Rita Repulsa and they had him marry him and they yeah. kind of soften him up. And that's when things got really silly. Mm-hmm. Other other seasons that I really love, obviously SPD. Everyone talks about how great that season is. It's really good. Um, other than my top ten, uh, RPM. RPM, RPM for sure. Yeah, love that season. So good. God. Um, as far as one of the ones that I like, um, in space is great. Zio, mm-hmm. honestly, is, I, I like Zio. I wouldn't put Zio in my top ten. I, I think Zio's good, but I I think it's top ten worthy just for me. Yeah, it's, it's like a, solid enough. Yeah. Um. I, I like, hated I, Jungle Fury. I'm gonna be honest. With you. I thought it was complete garbage. <laughs> okay, that's where we're gonna have to disagree because, like, I think like Jungle I think like the villain is Jungle Fury. Zeo, uh, Jungle Fury's villain. That guy was so amazing. That has to be one of the best villains they've ever did ever. Yeah, I like Jungle Fury. I kind of like the whole Casey going for like novice to master. You know, like mm-hmm. I don't know. I thought he had a good like Casey had probably one of the better character arcs in in the whole series. Um, did you like yeah, our Samurai? It was it was okay. I never really got into it. Like I do like RPM, but like the problem with RPM is the last third it basically becomes Power Rangers in space. And the problem with that and the reasons for that is they brought in Judd Lynn. And Judd Lynn mm-hmm. did uh in space and he just basically just did the like the back third of in mm-hmm. space as as RPM because like 
just in like tonight settler place tonight said with astronomer because remember and in space astronomer became good was interact with a little while then she got kidnapped got bored even more and was evil <laughs> literally the same exact thing happened it with uh with 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 uh rpm they he just literally just mm -hmm. like copied his notes <laughs> i think um with rpm what i really loved about it was those individual episodes where their backstories then there was an episode with um Scott and the Gold Ranger. Um, forgot the Asian people. The the dude was the Gold Ranger. That was where his dad gave him, didn't give him the medal, gave the other guy the medal. He was oh my god, RPM. That's just if they ever had to go out and that would be the last season, I'd be like, that'd be a pretty good ending for it. But that's the problem, is they knew they weren't gonna end it, they knew Heim Saban was gonna buy it back, so they kept Venjex alive, knowing they would never really use Venjex ever well, again. I don't know, because, like, going into it, I think they knew it was supposed to be the last season. Because, remember, they did do that, like, in, like in 2010, they did, like, the reboot where they George Lucas up Power Rangers for, for one year. Oh, another season we talk about. Ninja Storm. I think that was an amazing season, actually. I don't know. I'm not a fan of Ninja Storm. It's, it's a little bit too silly for my taste. Really? Okay. What about uh, Wild Force? Never really got into that. Never watched much of it. Uh, so I can't really... Operation Overdrive? The only part of it I like is once the ranger. Like that that's probably my favorite that's my favorite <laughs> crossover. Oh, uh, yeah, I think uh they should do you think the series could benefit from more like cuz the comics have this where like the, the storylines are not what the TV shows were. The storylines in the books are pretty also they're always ultra serious, but there's a level of a serious tone to See, it. See, the problem with Power Rangers is there are too many people with too many different ideas of what Power Rangers is. You know, mm -hmm. like you got the fans who think it's one way, the producers who think it's another, and they're just kind of conflicting with each other, and it's just really hard, um, because you, like you can make a very strong argument that the reason Power Rangers has survived is its adaptability, the fact that it's kind of changed the times, the fact it's new seasons, mm -hmm. bringing in people, multi generation, like like get to realize we're on the third generation of Power Rangers fans. The show's 30 years old. It was crazy. Yeah, we just got our 30th anniversary this year. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. There are literally three generations of Power Ranger fans. Like, there's a grandpa. Mm -hmm. You know, there could be a grandpa <laughs> who, who watched Power Rangers as a kid and showing the new season to, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. I think um, the books now, I don't think anyone follows the comic books, actually. They did a 30th Ranger special, obviously. And they're... they're I don't think they're saying they're rebooting. So basically, Kimberly, who pulls um for Amy Jo Johnson, she yeah. writes for them. I don't people give her shit for not appearing in the the the. I'm one war. of them. <laughs> she mostly is behind the scenes writing the stuff, and her idea for the new Mighty Morphin Pounder series and the books Mighty Morphin Pounder the re, uh, reborn or whatever is basically them being Power Rangers as they're actually adults. And I'm going to myself. Okay, I mean, you know, that's all the details that have been, been revealed about that. It, it sounded kind of okay. I don't, I don't know if the Hollis idea will really flourish out in multiple issues, but I'll, I'll check it out. I mean, we'll see. How yeah, it goes. I, 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 not the biggest fan of Amy Jo Johnson because like the way she's treated the fans throughout mm -hmm. her history. Because like, um, throughout like he's had the longest thing where it's like she distances herself from the Pioneer fans unless she needs money. Like if she's got up like a Pioneer pro, like a like a product she's trying to fund all of a sudden hey guys remember i was a power ranger and then like oh, as yeah. soon as that product is, is funded she dips you know you, know, you have the hot take about kimberly are you, you you had a hot take about um what's that one season you didn't think it was good oh all right the trent dino thunder thing 
I always thought this, and I maybe I'm, I'm crazy. I always thought Catherine treated the fans way better, and I thought she was way more better of a pink ranger, honestly. I thought she just was a better casted pink ranger in general. Yeah, uh, if you're talking about Catherine Sutherland, yeah. Yes, the a, white lady, she's a, yeah. Yeah, she's, she's a sweetheart. Um, and, like, yeah, you know, uh, just the way she acted. I mean, there's a reason why, canonically, she's the one who marries Tommy. Yeah, for me, it's not that I hated Amy Jo Johnson, but when I was watching as a kid and growing up now, I always just thought Catherine was better. She was better with the team. Her, I think her acting was better, better too. Her personality was more, mm-hmm. like, I think, acquitted for that kind of a role. She took the mother figure, but she was also able to hold on her own. I thought she was just a good all-around yeah, especially person. With, like Yeah, especially, like, the stuff with, with Tommy, where it's, like, like the characters actually work better together. Like, mm-hmm. Tommy and Kat, it, it kind of feels like a teen romance, where it's, like, 30 years later, you look like, oh, it could have been. But, like, <laughs> yeah. Catherine, it's, like, it's like they kind of click better. They they complemented each other more. Because, like, if you look at the canon, they could have easily had uh, Tommy and, uh, you know, Amy, Amy, like, like Tommy and Kimberly's character would be the ones who married. But, no, mm-hmm. it, it, was, it was, like, as early as Forever Red, because there was actually supposed to be a shot in Forever Red where he gets into, like, a car mm-hmm. and drives off and Catherine mm-hmm. and, and uh, like, uh, you know, Catherine was supposed to be the mm-hmm. one uh, picking up. Mm-hmm. I think, um, because if you give any hot takes around Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, people just, oh, God, <laughs> they can't I mean, that's it. that's really any, like, major franchise. It's like, um, like, I, I know I keep bringing this to Castlevania, back to Castlevania, but, like, mm-hmm. I, I follow the subreddit castle like R slash Castlevania and they're like, how could people hate this show? It's just like it's like they can't wrap their heads around it. They're just calling people like racist, blah blah, like bigoted, blah blah. Yeah, blah, yeah, I see the like, same thing. Yeah, where people are like, how can you not like the original? It's like I was I've never stated that I hated the original. I I have the original first season in my top ten. It's not number one. It's not even top five. It's there. I I get that it's really good, but I just think other seasons are way better and just better written, and they have just better everything one that way, I personally value, you know? One way, like, like see, the thing is, the, like, the Normie Potter fans, they easily out themselves, because they always do, hey, guys, do you ever notice how the Black Ranger was black and the Asian Ranger was yellow? Oh, my God! You know, I'm just, <laughs> like, sorry. Oh, uh, you're kind of muted. Oh, sorry. It was a person who was messaging me. I told him I'm doing the show right now. People always seem to <laughs> mess. It, it's crazy how, like, you know, you're really busy and people will mess you, but when you're not really busy, people just will just not say anything to you. Dude, crazy. that happens to me all the fucking time, and it pisses me, like, the frick off. Like, like it can be hours. It can be literally hours. Just, like, I'm trying to mess you, like, talk. And then the minute I'm like, all right, fine. No one's going to talk to me. I'm going to get go make dinner. And the minute I get up, like, ding, 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 it's like, for fuck's sake! <laughs> and the thing is, I like talking about Power Rangers. I've always loved it. it. Even there were some seasons that I never watched ever, like Operation Rangers, I've never watched. And the last season that I watched all the way through was that shitty Megaforce season, the whole big war. Uh, then I watched hey, two episodes of Dino Charge, and I was like, yeah, I just okay. don't care Question. <laughs> yeah. Question. Have you ever watched the Sentai? Mm-hmm. All the way through. That's the only Sentai I ever watched. Was all the way through okay. for that one. Okay. Oh, you mean Gokaiger? Yeah, I watched it all the way through. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Gokaiger is really good. I really recommend Gokaiger. 
I'm kind of like a big Sentai slash Kamen Rider fan, so like we can we can really talk about that. As far as like other Sentai seasons, I recommend uh, Deca Ranger is really good. Um, Go Busters, which was uh, hmm. uh, Beast Morphers, uh, doing the equivalent. Um, I'm trying to think here. Uh, Abba Ranger, which was the Dino Dino Thunder equivalent. Um, Go Onger is a favorite of mine. Uh, that's RPM. Uh, from what I hear, mm-hmm. Shinkenger is pretty good. Uh, and then, um, yeah, but like, have you ever gotten to Comrader? So this probably might be a normie thing. The only common writer I watched was the one that was on Four Kids, and I did watch that all the way through. I don't know if that's based oh. on any specific one, but oh, that's the one that I Dragonite? watched. Dragonite, yeah, yeah. Okay, for one, Dragonite's really good. First and foremost, uh, two, that is actually based off of Common Rider Ryuki, um, and that's that's a pretty good show. It's kind of like a Highlander kind of kind of show. Now, if you're gonna watch, uh, I Kamen thought that Rider, red guy suit looked just the coolest thing ever. I thought that that just looks so beautiful. Like, it, is Common Rider kind of always treated as like the bastard stepchild to Power Rangers or the Super Sentai in general? Give my people view no, them. No, Sentai and uh, Common Ranger, uh, Sentai and Common Rider are actually superhero like sister shows. Okay, okay. I wish there was more with that. I, I wish there was a way to integrate them both, actually. Well, actually, if you go to the the Japan side, Sentai and Kamen Rider cross over all the time, brother. Um, like, oh my god. I, I, I would... I, I'm just gonna dig up a, a picture because if I show you a clip, Toei's like really aggressive with like demonetizing things on oh, L1C. Oh, yeah, I forget. Toei does Kamen Rider stuff. Yep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay, know. I get... They don't... All right, let me let me. That's uh, a cat. Yeah, let me let me just. Uh, I got a picture. I'm gonna download here real quick, and then. Uh, all right. Um, okay, that's actually. But yes, for anyone who's uh, watching, I'll be going through Cosmic Fury. I I heard interesting things about it. Do I think it'll be good compared to like a, a lot of the seasons? I really don't know. I honestly, the last season I watched or tried to get into was Dino Charge. People said that what that, that one was wasn't bad or whatever. I only watched a couple episodes of it. I didn't watch Ninja Steel or Beast Morphers or. What was the one, one, one before Cosmic Fury? There's one before Cosmic Fury that Dino, Dino, it. Dino Fury. Dino Fury, yeah. So I didn't watch anything of the last four, actually. Okay, check this out. Oh, I remember this. Okay, okay. This, is a, this is a clip from Superhero Tyson. Mm-hmm. So you might recognize some suits here. Yes. There's, uh, you know, there's Comrade Arcade, Common Rider Forze. Meteor mm-hmm. is, is standing next to Beast Morpher. Blue. Um, there's there's a uh, SPD. Go on mm-hmm. uh, there. Um, let's see here. There's Mega Force um, in space. Ninja uh, Storm. Yep. There's Jetman, which came over before Mighty Morphin. I'm trying to find where the Mighty Morphin uh, seats are. Uh, there's Turbo. Like, yeah, yeah, Turbo was a joke in the Super Sentai. They actually are they're like parody. They they play on the whole goofiness of it, actually. There's oh, there's Ryuki right there. There's mm-hmm. there's your guy standing at the five, is my favorite. Gotta love that suit. Yeah, so this is like a crossover movie between like uh Common Rider and uh Super Sentai. So there's and th- yeah, this came out like gosh, almost 10 years ago. Uh there's Common Rider Cade, Forze, Go Buster, Go Bust Red. 
and then go Kyrad. Oh, there uh there's another new comic series coming out. Justice League. No, sorry, Power Rangers. Uh fuck. No, no, no. There was one Justice League versus Power Rangers, and I was like, what? That just sounds so that sounds so crazy not to work. How in the world would they take on Superman? Just him alone. They would get so wrecked. It's just not even funny how destroyed they would get. Oh, Lord. But before we go, and before we, uh, a few more things I'll ask you, uh, let's go over. Do you have an Indiegogo or Kickstarter campaign you're launching anytime soon? I, I am, actually. That's kind of the reason I'm doing all these uh Yeah, these okay. Things. So let me bring it up right now. So you, so it's on, uh, is it through Patreon or anything? Uh, Kickstarter. It's on Kickstarter. So do you have that link attached to your uh, link tree, actually? Uh, I know I have the the the, the watch party chat, uh, pinned to my Twitter. So um, okay, uh, let me go to that then. Okay. Yeah. So I'm gonna be launching it both on on my channel and uh, live on my channel, and it'll be simulcast both mine and Jared's channel. Okay. Yeah, man. Uh, so what made you want to do this story? Because you already had one, but what made you do this one actually? Uh, so with, with Screecher, it's kind of like mm. my tribute to like the late nineties, early two thousands, Batman S comments. And then, uh, check the private chat. I sent you the sign up link. Yeah. So like, I kind of want to do like my, my version of Batman. And okay. I did issue two last issue one last year and it worked uh, out really, really well. Mm -hmm. And so it's... now it's time to do issue two. Yeah, okay. And I'm going to show it off right here. Looks like you're doing some pretty good. That, that is my Twitter notifications. That's not a Kickstarter campaign. <laughs> That'd be weird. <laughs> Gotta, hey, support my Twitter notifications. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you're launching this on Friday. Uh, good luck with that, actually. And what would be the other thing I was going to add before we head out, which is, because you know people feel like they don't know where to start when it comes to this stuff, about creating their own things. How did you even navigate to even get this far, actually? Well, uh, this is kind of where, like, my 10-year apprenticeship under uh, the other guy really helped because mm -hmm. I worked with him, you know, for that time, and he taught me a lot of stuff. And by 2019, when I was sitting out on my own, mm -hmm. I at least I, – I knew enough to where, like, I kind of knew where to get started, and I at least knew what questions to ask. Like, I was already kind of familiar with, like, printing, like, kind of how, like, right. ins and outs of printing and, like, like that kind of stuff. I didn't know everything, but I at least mm. knew enough, and I at least was knowledgeable enough to know what I didn't know and what I needed to know. So, like, mm -hmm. I was in a pretty good position to, to do well when I started up, and not everyone has access to a 10-year, you know, mentorship yeah, yeah. or just, whatever. Yeah, and everyone can have a long, tenured career yet, because people always usually give up. That's the thing. People always, uh, they'll be like, hey, this, this, this didn't work for me. And it's like, I know you didn't put in any effort. Like, the people understand about doing the thing that you're doing, like, uh, involving content creation, all that stuff. This involves, like, yes, the, the enjoy of, there's enjoyment in doing this in general, but talking about your favorite stuff. But no, it's, it's actual work that goes into the stuff. I never look at it mm -hmm. as work, but I never disclassify it as non-work either. Because it takes a lot of time to get an audience going, building any type of a fan base or just anything in general. You know, you can spend all day on YouTube trying to figure out a concept for yourself or just a concept you think is going to benefit you, mm -hmm. you know? 
it's a lot of work that goes into this stuff. People always think it's just so easy or just, oh, like I think someone earlier was like, hey, my things are getting this amount of views and this many people and then it stopped. And it's like not every single thing you do is going to have a consistent result to it. It's just yeah, like I was saying with like the with the with the uh, with this um, the uh, Super Scoop Screen Bros kind of product that I was doing. Mm-hmm. Like some of those videos hit really well. Like I think I had mm-hmm. one video hit 200 views, which was freaking mm-hmm. it's freaking huge for my channel. Uh, but a lot of them, like the you know like my usual like 30 to 60, but some of them, mm-hmm. a lot of them were getting like very little, and so it's kind of a mixture yeah. of like low views and like the top. It was like. Like uh, Jared pointed out, like we just bring so many topics, and I say like, "Oh, this, this is more of a Friday night frenzy kind of thing." And so, like, because there's so much bleed between the two, it just made more sense to cancel Super Slipscreen Brothers, take all the energy, put it in a Friday night frenzy, which that show's doing well. You know, it's like I get mm-hmm. like between thirty and fifty views on that, and like during the stream, I get like five people watching. So it's like it's doing pretty well. Um, I told people there is no harm in having five people watch your streams. <laughs> I don't. Where is this thing with people and they just value everything solely by big numbers? I don't, I'm I happy just, when one person shows up. What are you talking I'm actually, about? I'm happy like, like, literally just anybody views this shit that I do. Just exactly. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, like, they're like, you like have if, five if we're bigger, stream. if we're bigger, like if we got like five thousand, ten thousand subscribers and we only get five viewers, then yeah, that's kind of a problem. But at like you know, I don't know your subscriber count, but like at our at our at our where we're at in our YouTube career, five viewers is good. That is good. Yeah, for me, um, when I had my other channel that ended up getting taken down, then I had to rebrand my second channel to my main one. That nightwing podcast I did that I was doing every Tuesday for a while, that started out at five viewers. Oh, and eventually, oh, huh, love me some love me some dick. That's that's gonna take it out of context, and I can't say that yet, but um. <laughs> We had five viewers. We, we we had five viewers to start. We did, but over time we ended up getting more people because people just don't want to put in the the long effort into building that. Oh, brother, you should check out the first episode of Comics Watch we did. We reviewed Volume One of Nightwing, A Night in Bloodhaven. You know, like from the nineties. Mm-hmm. I actually got Chuck Dixon to make a cameo. Really? Yeah. Oh lord! Yeah, me and, I, and me Jared, and Jared, yeah, yeah, me and Jared did a review of it. I think you'd like it. Because yeah, Jared was talking, he got a chance to talk to Comics Explain. I was like, "That's just crazy." That's oh, just... I remember that. That that was a huge view for him. Like that that live stream got over five thousand views. Like I think he got like like at least between thirty and hundred subscribers just from that video. Like Jared is mm-hmm. freaking killing it, and I cannot be happier for him. Yeah, I, I think it's something where people have to understand to even get where he got to. He started out lower on the totem pole, like everyone else, like we all do, mm-hmm. actually. But you just got to have – he mentioned last night. You got to have passion and stick to it. If you really enjoy what you're doing, that number amount, yeah, it's going to suck some days. You're not going to like the results you get, but you're just going to have to keep doing it. Yeah, you know? I mean, a lot, a lot – when it comes to YouTube, a lot of it is, like, finding your niche, finding, like, where you slot in. And Jared has found, found where, he, where he slots in. Like, he's, he's found kind of his place in all this, and I think he's being rewarded for it. So, yeah, and I would love to have you guys on the and not this Friday, right? Because you have your launch on Friday. But if you, if you guys want to come on Friday and do a thing where we uh, talk about the latest news and stuff like that, be awesome to do that too. If you want, to, I mean, I'd actually. be happy to. I mean, I, I do my uh, live stream on Fridays, uh, uh, six six p.m. Eastern till we usually go like hour, two hours or so. But mm-hmm. um, 
Yeah, uh, that's also depending on if I don't have any one-on-one guests. So we'll we'll try and set something up after I get well, this week's one-on-one gets done, actually. I can't speak for Jared, but I'll say, like, um, for my part, I'd love to come on again. I think you're a cool guy. I just warn you, if you put me and Jared in the same room, we're just going to be sassing each other the whole the whole time. So just be prepared. I'm fine with that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the other thing that people need to understand when it comes to doing this is stop valuing. It's, it's also weird because I do see there's some value in what bigger people are doing because obviously they're bigger for a reason. But mm-hmm. not looking at the hard days where it comes off of you're not getting something that you feel like you're deserved. No one's entitled to anything until you keep figuring out. Like no one owes you a view of anything. You even getting 30 views is lucky because there are people out there that get less than that. So exactly. Like there's people who have like twice my subscribers who get half the views, you know. (sighs) Entitlement is a bitch and egos will ruin everything. But before we head out, that's what I always say. Ashu, uh, is there any special shout outs you want to give to anyone in particular? And anything you want to say? Uh, Jared, out? Jared, trick you, Wonder Fat for Life. <laughs> when he watches this, he's, he's going to be mad at me for that, but it's be worth it. <laughs> oh, gosh. Also, everyone, uh, we will be doing. Um, you know, more movie projects, more TV projects, anime stuff. Uh, you know, I'm back on putting up consistent content. You know, we had a setback with losing that big channel that I had before, but it's fine. You know, life happens. You got to you have setbacks and you have to just kind of work with it. Also, as you guys remember, on uh, uh, Tuesdays and Saturdays, that's our big panel shows. We're trying to get something more consistent where we could have solidified people on and then we could have like clips go out about the newest news. That way I don't do all the news myself, but... Those are all bigger things you need to build in the future, actually. And when Rebel Moon comes out, we'll we'll be here for that, actually. I forgot you're a huge fan of Zack Snyder, actually. Yes, Yes, I am hyped. We'll be here for Rebel Moon, actually. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Were you a fan of Army of the Dead? Uh, We actually covered it on Jared's channel. I actually did like it. Okay. Did you like... uh, First, you like like his DC stuff as well. Did you like... um, Watchmen in 300 as well? Uh, I'm a big um, big Watchmen fan. I haven't seen 300. Uh, but I also am a fan of uh, Sucker Punch. That's weird. I, that's the one movie that he's, he's done where either his own fans kind of like, I don't know if this is good, actually. <laughs> I like it. I, I, I like it. So uh, I, I have to watch it. Frick yourselves. I need to get into watching uh, 300. How have I never watched 300 in my life is, is crazy. Are you not entertained? <laughs> just, just the uh, quotable lines in that movie alone just are See, so amazing. Um, if you want to know hype, you have not known mm-hmm. hype. So I remember I was once I once dated this girl. Uh, she went to uh, Michigan State University. You know, mm-hmm. their mascot is the Spartans. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and so for one of the Spartan games, they actually had Gerard Butler there, <laughs> and. And and well, the way she was describing this, you have not known hype until you're in a stadium of mm-hmm. like sixty thousand MSU fans, young <laughs> MSU fans, and you have Gerard Butler get on the horn and he says, "What is your profession?" <laughs> and he's like, "This is Sparta." <laughs> like you have not known hype until like can you imagine the energy in that stadium. We have Gerard Butler just saying this is Sparta to a bunch of Spartans. <laughs> I like I'm a music, I'm a University of Michigan fan and I I bleed green that night. Oof. 
All right, everyone. We'll see you later on uh, today. Actually, I have another one-on-one guest coming on, 6 p.m. PST. Then we have our main show at 8 p.m. PST covering stuff. Let's just say that, you know, we might we might even cover X video recommendation recommendations. Actually, Ooh. that's not happening. But you know, we'll see how it goes. All right, uh-huh. we'll see you guys later. We'll have uh, you know, Phoenix Press on again soon. And have a great day, everyone. Peace.